Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Well, usually the overhyped title deciders tend to disappoint, but Man City versus Liverpool on Sunday was a Premier League advert for the ages. Earlier in the week, Jurgen Klopp said, Man City play insane football. Well, you're insane if you didn't enjoy that spectacle at the Etihad on Super Sunday. Even though we're no nearer to knowing which of England's two best teams will lift the Premier League trophy next month, who cares? You won't find us caught under a sprinkler on a touchline at a Premier League ground. But you can hear Footy Prime almost daily, thanks to our Canadian talents, who are not nearly as young as the Canadian talents Bob Bradley has at TFC, but are impressive in their own right. Former Canadian internationals Craig Forrest and Jimmy Brennan are here, along with Durham Region's Pie Man of the Year for 2023, James Sharman. Have you recovered from that fixture yet, Sharms? It's so weird because, you know, I, I'm reading and I'm listening to you, this great match, this match of the ages, and it, it was a great match, I understand that, but because I was so emotionally involved, you know, I probably didn't appreciate it quite as much as I should have. You know, if I look at it, broad spectrum here, I thought the first half, Liverpool was really poor, City was really good, second half, the Reds looked much better, City weren't quite as good. So it wasn't like they, they were, you know, both of them on top form for 90 minutes, dueling back and forth. Maybe I'm just seeing it from an emotional standpoint, but that's kind of where, where I'm at with this particular game. I thought the quality of the first half was amazing. Amazing. The pace of the game was quite incredible. See, yeah, see, and I, I've heard that too, and it was great pace, but I've never seen, for example, Trent Alexander-Arnold give away more, more passes mm. in that first half. Fabinho was really, really average in that first half. So... It was great pace, but now my point being that Liverpool weren't at their top and they weren't as incisive as perhaps you know I, I'm used to them seeing. That's my, my point. Would you say they're not incisive because you're playing against better players that cancels you out sometimes? Yeah, probably. You know, simple plays that you would have probably had against Burnley and, and Norwich and Watford. It's not yeah. the same now. Now you're playing against intelligent footballers that are reading your pass, watching your eyes, watching your body movement and predicting where you're going to pass. And then they start cutting things out as well. So that, and the thing is too, like a lot of people don't realize that, you know, when, when you get a, when you get a, when you receive a pass and you're looking forward, there's a small window that you got to hit a very small window. And if you miss that window, a lot of the, a lot of times you end up giving the ball away. Right. And that's why they, they, there's always a saying that says, play what you see. As soon as you get it, give it. 
So, but when you're playing, you know, Liverpool and Man City, those windows are so short and so quick. And that's why they give the ball away a lot of the times. And that's a part, I mean, it's a great point. That's a part with, with City that impresses me so much. And it did with Barcelona when Pep was there. Off the ball, there's no one better. They're just on you. They hound you. You know, yeah. there's, there's no time at all. And you're right, that's probably why. But it's not as if Liverpool, you know, aren't aware of that. Yeah. Well, because you know what it is. It's like play, players will give you that window, right? So say, for instance, you receive the ball. They give you a little window where you think, okay, I can play that pass. And then all of a sudden, they're, they're reading you going, go on, I, I dare you to play it. And then by the time you play it, they've nicked it, right? So it's, it's clever players reading the game and just enticing you to play certain balls in certain areas so that they can win it. The way Jimmy's describing that player, I'm picturing um, Kyle Walker, who I thought did that so well in this match. And if you'd asked me, you know, we played who'd you rather, which set of fullbacks, I think we all chose Liverpool, did we not? Or did we split? We did. Yeah. But today, I mean, Walker alone was just exceptional. Cancelo was off the charts, I thought. He was incredible. Just He was everywhere, it seemed. I mean, Walker's great in that, you know, I know he's a right-sided player, but, I mean, a couple of times he was on the left-hand side, you know, putting, you know, putting out danger. Mm-hmm. But but Cancelo is just, I mean, that guy might be the most underrated player in, in the Premier League, I think. You think so? I think he's getting love now. Yeah. But there's been so many fullbacks through the whole Man City factory over the since years. Pep. Yep. Since Pep, right? That before, always another before. guy with a generic Spanish name. <laughs> that was but, Portuguese. Yeah, but Cancelo sounds Spanish to me, and I'm, I might yeah. be ignorant. But you know what I'm saying, though? And yet he is, my God. I, I don't know if there's a player in, in the league that I would pick first at a fullback position right now than Cancelo, and that's someone that really respects Robertson and, and uh, Alexander-Arnold. Wow. No, he's, he's probably one of the best Spaniards out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thiago was pretty shit in the first half, so yeah, maybe. He's Brazilian. <laughs> Hey, but look, as a look, I'm not I'm not a Liverpool fan. I'm not a Man City fan. But for me, that that first 45 minutes as well just summed up that Premier League. You know, just the pace and how good it was. You know, back and forth goals and yeah, it's it's going to be an exciting finish of the season. You know, and that's what you want. You know, as a as a spectator and someone that loves the Premier League, you you want it to go down to the wire. It'd be nothing worse right now if they're playing that game and they're 12 points ahead. You know, every game is going to mean something now. So everybody's going to be, you know, zoned in watching these these two battle it out. But I thought for, especially the first half, I thought it was amazing. I thought tactically it was very, very good. You know, both teams at times canceling each other out. Then they get a little bit of joy. And, you know, when they were on the counter and the break, it was so quick and dynamic. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed that match. And then four goals as well. You know, we did say there was going to be goals. And sometimes, you know, when you get two top teams and play against each other, they cancel each other out and it's a nil-nil. And, but, you know, there was goals today and, you know, and City almost had it in the end. Some people got the score line right. I'm not sure who that was. Yeah, sorry. That was part of my intro too. Craig, perfect scores for us. Well done. There were two well two done. twos, right, this season between Desmonds. the two. And there's Desmond's. And there's another one coming up this, uh, this Saturday in the FA Cup. Dunlop's on the phone with the hotel. We should we should probably just uh, premise this. B right now is on the uh, on the hotel phone. He's in Hamilton of all places, in a hotel room with his missus, who is <laughs> yeah. you know paying the mortgage off by her uh, acting tops. A Monte Carlo hotel. <laughs> 
Monte Carlo, uh, Motel Mont- Mont- 8. That's the one yeah. right beside the truck stop, no? No, it's not one of the p- ones where people get murdered. It's next to those ones. <laughs> That's right. It's a big, big heart, big heart, love the uh, hot tub, heart shaped love <laughs> hot tub, DNA all over it. <laughs> You don't walk in that hotel without a black light. The phone, she slipped out. She tried to slip out as quietly as possible. We saw her behind you. Yeah. And I, I feel like, I feel like it's, she's incapable of not making a lot of noise. Like tiptoeing at night is not something that she just grew up with. Um, so she slipped out to go get the Uber Eats, Jimmy. And, uh, and that was the concierge just letting me know that the Uber Eats is here. So what is yeah, the, um, on the, on the menu tonight? What are you ordering? Ooh, African, actually. African? Yeah. What's well, a large continent? It is a large continent, yeah. So specifically, I've gone with the with a stew. So I've gone the Central Central African, uh, I believe Nigerian, because it's uh, fufu. Have you ever had this before? It's it's kind of like um, it's like a mashed potato texture, but it's made of flour and corn. Sounds delicious. You, any kind of like hot <laughs> stew poured over it, it's exceptional. So I've gone with the, I've gone with that tonight. Good for you. That's very eclectic. Well, it'll sit there for forty minutes while we wax poetically about the Premier League results. So. We'll see if it's still as exciting come the end of it. Forrest, what did you think of the game, buddy? Goalkeeping in particular, there was a, a couple of big saves. Um, Sharman's noticed all the mistakes. What, what did you see? Um, the two goalkeepers, I thought there's a couple mistake by both of them, but overall, pretty solid play. The I tagged you in a tweet from the Footy Prime account, that clip of, of Ederson, just so casual. Uh, they'd said in the commentary, I think Jim Bigland saying, there's no, not a chance he knows that Jota's there. And he plays that so casually. We've talked before about how calm he is. He totally knows Jota is there. So if you're a goalkeeping coach or you're the manager and you see him play with that lack of urgency or, or confidence, either how you want to look at it, are you upset that he's so flippant, so casual? No, no, not at all. I don't think there was any pressure at all. He 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 saw that he, the ball wasn't quite where he wanted it to be. He knew the pace of the ball was never going to go over the line. He'd been there a million times. He knew Jota was there. He knew he had time. He's what? He's dressing that <laughs> up a bit. No way. You think he knew that he was there? If you're the defender, Jimmy, yeah, and your goalkeeper does that, and you're the outlet, I forget who the outlet player was there for for Ederson. How were you reacting to that? There's no, I don't think he did. He, he totally knew he was there. He was too relaxed. How would he not know he was there? That's your whole point when you're back. You've got the you got vision of everybody that's around you. That's why they play the ball around the back. Right, he knows where they are. Here's where I'm going with this one. He's suckering them in. He knows he's going to get close, but he's not going to get close enough. As players, your head's on a swivel, looking over your shoulders, knowing what's going on. He turns his back, has no idea that he's coming because he didn't check his shoulder, which you're told at a young age as, a, as an outfielder. You have to go five seconds before that. He had visualized everything in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea which play you're talking about, to be honest with you. You didn't no, see it? No, I promise. I'm sure I saw it. I have no clue what you're talking about. I'm glad he saw it. He probably did see it, and he was like, yeah, no big deal. Do you, do you not remember that play? I've, I've had a few Guinness, Jimmy, this afternoon. <laughs> I wouldn't lie to you. I'm not entirely sure. I was at 11.30 this morning. <laughs> yeah, well, 
<laughs> First thing in the morning. He wasn't watching golf. No, it was a long time ago. And, and, and like I said, the emotion, the emotion clouded my judgment in that game, as I've made clearly obvious so far in this show. So you were giving, giving the guy shit the other morning <laughs> Me. at 10 o'clock when they couldn't answer your question. You're a Liverpool fan. When a big yeah. thing that happens in a game and you can't remember that. Well, it wasn't that big a thing because nothing came of it in the end, right? Well, they're lucky because it could have. Well, do you think Edison could have could have done better on on the Jota goal? Um, let me think. I've watched so much football. Oh, 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 oh! Now is oh, Craig can't remember a player, an important play. That's <laughs> your enthusiasm is amazing today. Jesus, <laughs> he's very mellowed out. There's just been a it's just been a lot of football. By the way, Craig, you look really good today. What? There's something different about you. Is it the Puma top? Oh. Fuck what off. Is <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> what is it, guys? What? I, I tried a little just for men. <laughs> you can't tell because I already got any fucking hair, but it's a little darker. Oh, you can tell, all right. You look amazing. I, I do. I, I think I look like 26. <laughs> Tinder, watch out. <laughs> so that's what you did it for? I haven't laughed this hard for a long time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just split a gut. I love it. Are you expected to de- to declare on your online dating profile whether the hair has been altered or not? I don't know. I never lived that online dating profile experience. Yeah, me neither. I don't even put a picture up. <laughs> so it's just an egg. Maybe that's yeah. why it's not working out for you, as you expressed <laughs> yeah. in the last show. Turn around. Let's see the back. I got a buddy of mine. Looks pretty good. I think you look like a... You're, you're, you're definitely I got not- a buddy of mine that is, uh, he's got an alias name, and the pitcher is a, a pretty handsome guy. So I'm like, who's that? And he goes, that's, that's my profile. I'm like, yeah, but who's that? He goes, oh, I don't know. I just randomly pick some guy off the internet. I'm like, Okay. Hey, don't so, be giving away Wonger's secrets to how he manages his <laughs> online dating profiles, okay? He's not here today. It's unfair. That's a handsome white man. I know. Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, I go, what happens when you meet? And he goes, usually if you get that far, you're okay. You can talk your way out of it. And then the good side of it is, he says, if you go to meet them and they're not who you want to meet or you're like, they're horrible. They don't know what you look like. You sit there and you're going to have a beer right next to them. <laughs> oh, and then just stand them up and let them sit there then. There's oh, that yeah. scene in the office, the British office, when David Brent, he's, he's met someone online dating and he's going to meet her at the bar and she's wearing a red scarf. So he's talking to the camera as he does. And then over his shoulder, you see this girl come in with, with a red scarf. And anyhow, she's, she's an average looking girl. I'm not. Anyway, he looks over his shoulder. Caesar looks at the camera. Oh, for fucks! <laughs> it's one of those scenes in in a show. It's one of the most iconic moments of The Office. And The Office is a, my favorite comedy of all time. It's incredible. But that moment, it's just the look in his face and what he says is just awful but hilarious at the same time. See, that's why I went for Just for Men because I was thinking if I was that, I could be that, or like the other way around. She's like, oh my. Fucking God, look at the state I, of I think you. I think you look good, buddy. Thanks, And pal. the thing is, because we were talking earlier, and I heard this weird sound. And I said, what are you doing? He goes, I'm just mixing a few things here. And I went, oh, for what? And he goes, well, I'm going to try this, this hair club for men. I just started laughing my ass off. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm the last person you want to tell this to. 
<laughs> so when you when you had to log off and log back in, I told the guys, I was like, wait, do you see his hair? Wait, do you see his hair? It's all black. <laughs> like, what are you thinking, Craig? Of all the people, tell Jimmy this. Like, Jesus Christ. One thing we're learning about Jimmy is you can't trust him. I, I was worried. Yeah, I was worried about it being all like stained down with the side of my head, like uh, <laughs> Alex Schnur. Remember Alex up at Sportsnet? He used to. No, remember um, it was a uh, um, Trump's lawyer. What's his name again? The ex New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Remember oh yeah, that? I was running. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's horrible. I don't know if this runs. I'll have to test that. Well, put out. a bit of water in your head. See what happens. Okay. Tony Larusa. He said we could do. We could probably do like a all hair dye eleven. I think of well, it's sports people at least. I don't yeah, know if we can good. go actual frozen tips. Just for men might be a good sponsor, even though we're not just for men. I'm going to try it. I think your your gray looks good though, Jimmy. Your gray looks really good. The way you yeah, my gray it's not bad. My hairdresser told me not to dye my hair. That's yeah. what she said. Ginger. No, there's no ginger. I don't have ginger. Ginger. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have ginger no. in the beard. No, no. Hey, ginger. You don't need to do anything with your hair. You're just fine. No, it's a little bit of gray, but just a little bit in the sides, maybe a little touch up here and there. I won't. I just want to try it. But well, that's what I thought. We'll do the, the the touch of gray one that they're always advertising. It's like uh, subtly, you know, colors it, and you wash it ten times, and it would be like a like a normal dye job, but it just gradually darkens it. I'm at the point where it's like if I can't get away with young footballers haircuts anymore because there's too much gray then maybe i'd have to consider it but i feel yeah, like but, I'm, I'm borderline but you're so dark your hair is so dark you're, you're inevitable you could be going gray earlier than perhaps your years would suggest mm. i started going gray like when i started working with you actually i know well, come, there's no coincidence there. 21 no, 22 no. yeah i was oh. i was young as well see you got a nice look you got the salt and pepper i got like the cinnamon and sugar <laughs> <laughs> i got vanilla <laughs> I got vanilla ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> melted, melted vanilla ice cream. <laughs> I am. I'm like a melting ice cream cone. I am. Sharma's was saying earlier, we can't trust Jimmy for anything. Uh, we can, uh, that's blasphemy. We can trust Jimmy to always take this uh, down giggle street and to a completely different conversation. Uh, but Forrest, you've expressed this many times, you know, the uh, having less hair. This is a trend with goalkeepers in general. Like most goalkeepers lose their hair at an early age or are bald with, you know, before their playing days are done, right? Mm. Casey Keller. Why is that? And Casey Keller, Tim Howard, Brad Friedel. Well, these are all North American guys as well. Brad Guzan. Bruce Grubbler had the, the old patch on there, didn't he? The old, the old ball yeah. patch towards yeah. the end of his career as Bartes. well. Fabian yeah, Bartes. Bartes. There yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, isn't it? But you still had a full head of hair when you retired, though. You still had good hair when you retired. Yeah. It's just, so it's television just, that oh. ruined you. It's not it's television that ruined you. It's not plain. I don't think Craig's ruined. <laughs> the hairline ruined the hair. Craig, you look just fine. You know? You look great. Buddy. For a guy in his early fifties, I tell you what, you're looking pretty good. Exactly. I, I, I mean I, you know, I, I would recommend you to any lady out there who's looking for a professional <laughs> athlete in a previous life. Wonger brought that up, celebrity Tinder. We we should find someone for for Craig Forrest. I don't know mm -hmm. who's in the arsenal. Do we know anyone uh, <laughs> single and older that we can we can match? What do you with mean Craig? older? <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. Like, older. Pardon me, older than me. I meant older oh, than that's me. Much better. My apologies. Yeah. Well, well, I don't think. What do you mean older than you? Okay. What is your um? Your, what is your Craig? What is your um age range preference? On Tinder, yeah. what is your age range here? Range here, like youngest to oldest. Like, what's the youngest girl that you would you would contemplate dating? 
28. 28, yeah, good age. Okay. Oldest? Careful here. 29. 30. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that rules out Jan Arden then. We won't uh, yeah. won't go chasing Jan Arden. I think much. Craig and Jan would be amazing together. <laughs> so do I. I got to open up my window a little bit, I think. You got a 12-month window right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love that. All right. So if we all agreed then that uh, VAR was right in, the, in calling off that Raheem Sterling match winner? It was Sterling, wasn't it? Now it's it was, it was right. I mean, of course it was right. Yeah. I mean, VAR, VAR's rarely wrong. It's just the interpretation of VAR as our, mm. our good good um, friend, Carrie. Let us know on Twitter. Right? Car- it's the interpretation and the, the actual rule itself is right. It might be unfair, but there has to be a line drawn at some point, so to speak. And he was offside. I thought Anthony Taylor did a pretty good job of managing that match. Yeah, he did. He could have given out a red or two, actually. He well, Thiago probably good. should have had a second yellow there, don't you think? He was lucky. He, he did four or five really bad tackles in that game. F- from Thiago or in general? Yeah, from, from Thiago. Oh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Don't you think? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I didn't count five. The, sec- the second one, I definitely thought it should have been off, but a few. Yeah, you know what? I love, though, this fan lens that you look through because... The, the fact that you started with like you're not usually always the most pessimistic person on this podcast, but the way you started that from this just seeing the mistakes and seeing the errors, um, it's interesting to hear your perspective. We all watch the just same the first match. half. It, it, I, I tweeted this out at halftime. I hope it's a game of two halves, and it really was because whatever Klopp said at halftime, and I'd love to hear from these guys who have actually been you know in big games, you know when you know your, your manager's giving it to you at halftime, what can be said to really change it? I didn't see anything tactically too different in the second half, but something shifted for sure because they were fantastic in that second half. That being said, City could easy, quite easily have scored another goal and, and won that thing late in the match. Yeah. No, you're yeah. right. I think, yeah, but it, look, it, it depends on the game, the manager. The manager, you know, once in a blue moon, he'll come in and scream. Right, the managers today, anyways, because the whole rah rah is out the window, and now it's you've got to be very specific, attention to detail, and it's just shifting, shifting positions. You know, five yards, five ten yards, just moving people around around the pitch, trying to find little pockets to get on the ball. Right, and that's where the game the game changes a lot now these these days. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you could see it like it wasn't they didn't change their whole game plan, but it was just little things that they changed. Are you laughing at Sharms? <laughs> your, your name just caught, caught me again. So, so we're doing this show on on a program where we have to enter our names, right? I was trying to be serious. And, and we got Sharms and Dunham. Yeah, honestly, you've just noticed it now. Twenty three no, no, minutes. No, in. I know. I, I, we discussed it before we went on air today, and it just dawned on me again. I've had a few Guinness. It just dawned on me. Holding my ball sack is is bottom left, and that's Jimmy Brennan. <laughs> But it's so clever because you've spelt it like a like a Latvian or a... Right. It's his uncle. What are you talking about? I've got... Listen, hold him a ball, Zach. Okay? <laughs> I played against him when we played Estonian. I got his jersey. <laughs> One of my favorite players that I played with. Estonian legend. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a beauty, man. Oh, this is great. All right. Last thing that I wanted to ask then. We're talking about the game is different, Jimmy. Um, your perf- perfect point there. Great setup for me. Everything's changed. The people have very much changed. Does it annoy you to see the camaraderie and the friendliness between Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp? For those of you that didn't see afterwards, whatever broadcast you were watching, whether you were illegally streaming one of the ones overseas or whether you were watching NBC or whether you were watching 
Premier League productions on DAZN, which most people saw, everyone saw this friendly banter and exchange between the two of them removed from the cameras. And it was, it was to be private. The mics picked up a little bit, but I couldn't imagine Wenger and Jose ever having a second like that in private, let alone in public. I couldn't imagine many managers <clears throat> in the past ever having exchanges like that. Wenger and uh, Sir Alex, that would have been, that would have been something. No, I, I think there's an, they have the utmost respect for each other. I think they're loving the fact that it's just they're punching toe to toe and they have that respect. And they've got two teams that are playing great football. That was a great spectacle. Both teams go away somewhat happy. But the rivalry, though, and you guys played it in England, it's different than it is in North America. That's an exchange that we're kind of used to seeing now. It's considerably more so with these younger coaches that maybe have been players that played with each other and now are entering coaching at the same time. But I still feel as though that's a rare sight in England. If that was your situation, if that was your manager, how does that read in the room? Yeah, look, for, for me, I, I like it. I like it. Um, because I think they're showing each other a great deal of respect. They know they both know that they're they're very good managers. Egos go go out out the window when when the two of them meet. Um, but when it's when it's game time, believe me, don't think that they're you know they're, they don't want to beat each other. One hundred percent, they do. But I think it's good. I think it's good for the game as well. It's a, it's a mutual respect, and it, the reason why they're doing it is because they know that they've got two fantastic teams. They put on a great show today. And there's nothing wrong at the end of the match or before the match, shaking hands and, and having a laugh. But you could see them, you know, for, for both halves today, they, they were dialed in. They wanted to win. Mm-hmm. I would have expected uh, Pep Guardiola to swat Klopp's phone out of his hand, though, if he'd had it. I would have expected a big smack. The way they, they high-fived at the end was, was brilliant as well. No, they have class, B. They have class. They're not that petty. Not yeah. children. Yeah, well, uh, you've called him many, many things. A petty child is... It's pretty appropriate, I think, for Cristiano Ronaldo. However, having seen the giant gash on his leg after Everton won Man United nil, do you not feel for him a little bit? Or, I, Charms, you had a great tweet. You were just, I think it was a tweet, just disappointed to see uh, what was what was beneath um, that shin guard? I was, yeah. I, it's blood and flesh and bone. I was hoping to see circuits and wires because he, he's not human, obviously. Uh, this is Ronaldo. It was a nasty gash. It was. Mm-hmm. And, and so this whole situation, so if you haven't seen it just yet, you'll, you'll know about it tomorrow morning. It'll be all over the press. Ronaldo going down the tunnel post-match, slaps a phone out of some kid's hand who was innocently trying to get a picture of, of his hero. And now he's being hammered for it, obviously. Now, Ronaldo straight away went Instagram and apologized and saying, I, I will invite this this fan to a United game. The emotions get in the way sometimes. And I thought that was fine. Honestly, I mean, it's rare that I defend Ronaldo, you know that. But I'm seeing the mirror reporting already that uh, the term assault is being used. The police are investigating. The mum's involved now as well. So so Ronaldo's going to be stung for a few bucks here. I'm sure of it. And if you watch it, it was petulant. It was pathetic. He can't do it. But the guy's under immense pressure. We know that. His leg's falling off and he's getting a phone stuck in his face. I kind of understand his reaction. I don't condone it, but I understand it at the same time. And I think him apologizing and taking this kid to a game suffice is for me. It's just fine. You know, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. 
No, you know, people are make mistakes, and I think it was obviously a mistake by Ronaldo. And uh, knowing him and what he's done sort of quietly behind the scenes, even for somebody I know here in Toronto, I, I can't really say that uh, he won't try to uh, right this wrong. And uh, if these guys go for an assault charge or something like that, well, I got no time for them. Got no time for the people looking for an assault charge, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, go yeah. to the go to the game, get treated nicely, go to a box, get get a shirt, get a signed autograph, all that kind of stuff. Have a great day. Yeah. But the sad part is you know that some scumbag lawyer is jumping all over this poor family now, saying, Hey, you can get some money out of this. It's just reality, right? Modern mm-hmm. sport, modern world, modern culture, you know? It's gonna happen. Yeah, there's definitely a ambulance chaser or whatever the equivalent would be. Was it Twitter uh, vulture that saw that and <laughs> called the family straight away and had the Merseyside police involved? That was the the tweet that I woke up to. Merseyside police investigating incident with Cristiano Ronaldo. I thought another incident. What happened after? What happened in the parking lot? Did he actually punch someone? With all the shit that goes on in Merseyside, yeah, and I've been a part of some of that shit. The last thing those cops were to be like, what? Yeah, honestly. Give the kid an iPod 12, right? It's much better than his Samsung, and he'd be more than happy about it. <laughs> I've read that. Is that just the coppers wanting to do something else with their day? Like, how do we get out of patrolling Boodle? Is that what it's called, right? Boodle? It's one of the places, yeah. One of the, one of the rougher areas. Let's go to Goodison and uh, investigate this and chase down this family. Yeah, we'll do that. But the trouble is, I mean, it's not like the the poor cops, right? I mean, Jesus, like like Craig mentioned there, I mean, they've been probably given this tape and they have to investigate now. What a waste of time. I understand Ronaldo's pissed off, right? I mean, it's an embarrassing loss against an awful team and your leg's falling off. People react, right? He is, all joking aside, he really is human. I get it, right? It has not gone according to plan. It's his return to Manchester United. Maybe the kids said something to him. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Wouldn't be the first time. I had five, six-year-old kids say shit to me. It was unbelievable. Or give me the wanker sign next to their dad. It's like, whoo. Wow. <laughs> you react that. to that. Just look at the dad and say, well done. You're raising a fine, fine member of society. Yeah. There. You go to an NBA game and there's a card on the seat, every seat, code of conduct. But basically, if you get up in a game and say anything negative, you are out, out, is that just courtside? No. Yeah, that's just where you sit. That's not where yeah. we sit. That's definitely <laughs> in the exclusive premium seats there. Yeah. No. Friends of the family and yeah. the medical staff. No, it, was lower, it was lower bowl, I guess. I don't know if the upper bowl would have it too, but they're so worried about their product and having people actually show emotion. That wouldn't last five minutes in our game, especially no, in England. No, not in England. <laughs> Can you imagine? Code of conduct. They would just, oh, yeah. <laughs> they would turn those that paper into paper airplanes and throw it back on the field. What does that mean? I can't read. Hey, someone read this for me. I'm not too good with the book learning. <laughs> What's this? Fuck off. All these fucking words. I can't read. That's why they read it over the loudspeaker. And at West Ham, they always start singing. The second they give any instruction for fan conduct, they just start singing to drown it out. And West Ham's not the only ground. There's quite a few grounds yeah. like that. Um, you mentioned waste of time. Do you think we wasted our time condemning Everton and talking about them going down? Because uh, I think Lady Luck fancies Lamps. She sure doesn't fancy Harry Maguire. My God. I tell you, Lamps lit a fire underneath them. Do you see Fonzie's video about that? I did. 
Yes. Paint the picture, Sean. So, so Fonzie's on Twitch, and he's talking about Ronaldo and saying, what if you're Ronaldo? You're Ronaldo. He goes, you're Ronaldo, and your, your captain is, is that guy, Harry Maguire. Uh, do you call him captain? <sighs> he like, shakes his head and <sighs> blows. He goes, man. Like, I mean, obviously, it's in more support of Ronaldo. He goes, you know, nothing against Harry Maguire. But I don't know, man. I mean, what do you think, Craig? It's a bit much, isn't it? I think uh, Fonji's got to be careful because he's got to realize now with his millions of followers and people watching it, it's not. he's not going to get away with that stuff. So, you know, if you, if you want to get into a battle or you want to get into that sort of thing, it's going to end badly normally. So he's got to realize that when he's making, given an opinion uh, is different than putting a song on TikTok. Exactly. You're right. And you got to remember as well as a footballer, it's not all going to be rosy, is it? They'll be waiting. People are going to be. They'll be waiting for that moment because it will come if you play mm-hmm. long enough. Yeah, it will come. So now he's put it out there. You watch. People are going to be waiting till he messes up. That's why you just got to be careful. Mm-hmm. Shut your mouth. Get on with your job. And he should know that too. Look, he's he's a footballer. We, we all go through highs and lows, and you just you got to be careful sometimes and pick and choose your battles. No, well said. And there's a difference between having a personality and being a pundit right, as a current player, and that's there's very few current players ever yeah. venture into it. Right, there's a lot of opportunities in in via injury or just looking to you know set the foundation for post career, but. It's definitely a slippery slope that um, some people navigate very well and some people don't even want to attempt to navigate, right? Look how many great players you think would be great pundits and don't even give it a go. Don't even give it a shot because they mm-hmm. won't deal with the other side of it. My buddy texts me, uh, my buddy Joe Mew, massive United fan, texts me, Maguire makes my stomach hurt. And I think a lot of United fans must have felt that. I mean, in that situation, what can he do? That That's just, I feel as though that's just unluck. It's it's always him though. It seems as though he's got no luck. Yeah, he's got no luck. If yeah, if he didn't have any bad luck, he would have no luck at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel bad for him because as well because he's a target. Uh, like he is the go-to target, the punch bag, all the time. Yeah, they didn't score a goal. That's not his fault. No. Whenever they made mistakes back in the day, Bruce or Pallister, those guys, they would. Win the game, two to one, three two, three one. You know what, Craig? You, you look at Harry Maguire now and what he's going through, and one of the biggest clubs in in England. What's and if it keeps going down this road that's going for him, I personally think his his next option's out of England somewhere else. In yeah, Europe. Mm. And, and and he's a really strong character, is what you know. Are you going to go to another club? You're going to get slaughtered. It must be killing yeah. him. Like it'd be just killing him. For sure it is. You know, not a lot of times, you know, as, as players, you know, they always tell you, don't don't read the press and stay away from the media and, because it will get to you at some point. And in England, you can't hide. It's everywhere. And imagine every time he's turning that, that TV on and Sky Sports and, you know, BBC yeah. Talk Sport and all these, all these big programs talking about him nonstop. And it's got to be getting to him. I can't imagine... The last time he actually went out for dinner out in the city, it wouldn't be worth it. No, I don't know. Because you got half of the Man City, and they're going to be <laughs> they're going to be on you, you know, hard. And then you're going to have the Man U ones too. So you got a no win situation. 
that you got a private room sitting somewhere. But yeah, no, you feel for him. You don't want to see that, you know, to any player, especially because we we've we've been in those boots, you know, mm-hmm. as a player, and you've seen a lot of a lot of guys that you played with and get absolutely abused by the fans, and you don't wish it upon anybody. Like you say, if you're around long enough, it, it, it's going to happen. You're going to get relegated. You're yeah. going to. You know, you're not going to win championships. You're going to be if you play long enough. Yeah, I feel, I feel for the guy. He's a really good player. Or Fonzie, you can put Fonzie in that category as well. Like, like Jimmy says, it's not always going to be rosy. Well, Fonzie mm-hmm. hasn't yet seen the the other side, has he? It's been, I mean, listen, it's largely because of him and his his uh, ability, his talent, his personality, right? But he's yet he, he's landed on his feet, right? And he deserves that, obviously, given his background. He's going to buy a Munich. The greatest club in Germany at the time, the greatest club in Europe, a team that might be somewhat on a decline right now across Europe. You know, there's some older players in that team, a lot of question marks. It's not always going to be rainbows for, for Fonzie, and and we'll see how he deals with it when it's not. Yeah, he may not have dealt with you know the lack of success on the pitch, but he's certainly dealt with the real shit side of society uh, on social media and in the media in general, right? So. I he think has. I think he I has. think when that comes and it always does um as a player I think he'd be you know prepared for it in ways that some other people wouldn't um but I agree with you that obviously it's it's been good for him and he's we walked into a great situation made the most of it made it an even better situation and it'll be interesting to see what how Bayern Munich change over the next couple of years as well that's not a conversation I wanted to get into dissecting <laughs> Bayern Munich's future but uh <laughs> No, but you're right about Fonji. He does handle things really, really well. Uh, but I think this is a, he just needs a, somebody to say to him because it wasn't that bad. It could, it could get worse, but be careful about your opinions about uh, other teams and players and things like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure, Greg, as you know as well, and I think the older guys would probably say something to him as well. He's like somewhat of a, a code of ethics when it comes to football and the you know, we're we're all in this in this job in this business together, and you know, sometimes just keep your opinion to yourself, and but don't don't post it. And Jimmy, back in our day, you would be saying, you know, one day he could come up against McGuire. In our day, he's going through him. Oh yeah, he's mm-hmm. coming after you. He's mm-hmm. coming like he's coming after you. He's going to leave one on you. So. Not so much well, these days, but still, we should all we should all make sure to tune into Thomas Miller's Twitch feed this week see <laughs> see what he says you know who's big on tiktok i wonder if this is where the crossover will be that's the uh you know the stewardship the leadership is Lewandowski in the pandemic is big on the tiktok dances he's got a huge tiktok following with only a handful of videos because of of uh of fonzie's influence so so maybe it'll be Lewandowski. that's someone i think that fonzie would probably listen to there's a few I guys think, in that i just room. think i know you beat you tell me that out of all the buy-in players the one guy that i don't think's got a twitch feed is is miller yeah, Muller probably doesn't. Joshua Kimmich seems like a quite serious type too, don't you think? A bit younger. Mm-hmm. It's fairly new. Yeah. It's a fairly new thing too, right? It is. Yeah. Do you think yeah. Muller would be fun? No, I don't. <laughs> so then you kind of don't want him on it. Well, you know, although there's some, there's some video of him um, during Oktoberfest years ago in the little holes. I think Muller would be fun. With the big old freaking Sterns and his Steins in his, in his hands. I mean, good oh, old yeah, time. Oh, yeah, right. I remember that. So, yeah, he yeah. would be fun. I think <laughs> <laughs> Fonzie came off the bench, Bayern won uh, 1-0 at home to Augsburg, by the way. And he played 33 minutes. 
Um, Ricardo Pepe came off the bench in that game too. Played 34 minutes. He played, eh? Jesus. Yeah, he's got. He's played nine times. Eh? He started four or five times, I think, whichever it was. He's nine appearances in the Bundesliga so far. Zero goals for Ricardo Pepe. So we'll talk about how different the Canadian men's national team will look like come Qatar in November. This U.S. team will look very different as well. And, I mean, they did in qualifying too. No one knew who Ricardo Pepe was until the OCT started. In, B, in we're, we're, now, we're, now we're talking about Augsburg. We were talking about <laughs> CONCACAF is, is basically where it was. We talked about Ronaldo. We talked about uh, Everton and United. Which we can talk about how United don't seem interested in this fourth place chase here, but uh, they wouldn't be Fuck alone. United. Fuck United. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of baggage there, Craig. Let's talk about Everton. Okay. Well, I was anticipating. I had written a whole thing, my pre-weekend thoughts. Uh, would Everton be the biggest club to go down? Man, United terrible well that's all you got to say burnley i mean it would have been a bigger story right burnley freaking blow it yes they did they again did. to the canaries <laughs> go on the canaries hey love you know it. what they're it's not out. maybe they can pull off jimmy what do you think Could i they? would love to see is it possible it be difficult though just goes to show you though right that you know burnley has a great result pick up three points you got norwich next you think of okay if we can beat them <laughs> that pushes us back up, and but yeah. no. And man, you beat Everton. We're really yep. <laughs> you know, yeah, right? go on, boys. Have you seen the other results? No yeah. fucking problem. That's why you never bet on this. How does that happen, Jimmy? Burnley can play so well from behind against a team that's much better than them on paper, right? But not against a team that's at or below their level. It's football. I wish I had the answer, you know, because I, I bet you after that that match that that Burnley won. They're probably buzzing, you know that that that. Imagine being on the training pitch the next couple of days after, lively energy, thinking, "Okay, we've got Norwich now, another three points," and, and all of a sudden you go to Norwich and you lose. You know, it's. I tell you what, this game picks you up and it drops you quick. Quote from mm-hmm. Sean Dyche: "Defeat at Norwich is a big step backwards." No yeah. shit. <laughs> you think he's looking at his fixture list? Does he know who they're playing next? Oh God! Hell yeah, yeah, he does. But the thing, and Craig, you know, Carroll Road's a tough place to go, and that place is rocking. Remember when you tractor boys used to come up and we told you to piss off back back to Ipswich and we beat you? <laughs> oh, it's a I tough place you. to play. Well, the fans it, are awesome there. It was the worst place to play for Ipswich. Burnley's uh, at West Ham, yeah. by the way. Next game, it's too much class up there. Like literally, that was those mustard making. Norfolk people. <laughs> is that Keynes or Coleman's? Coleman's. Coleman's, is it? Okay. Yeah. Do you know what? Coleman's, right? Where Very they made good. the mustard. He had this huge mansion just on the outskirts of Norwich. And they turned it into flats. And I used to live in that old Coleman's mustard really? mansion. I had a wow. nice little flat there. Smelt a little bit funny at times. <laughs> Not a mustard. <laughs> As we like to say, the mutard. <laughs> <laughs> Not Norwich. It's a nice mustard. Norwich. 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 Norwich, as you say over here, right? They got yeah. a special accent up there. Well, listen, I lived, I lived in two of the best places for accents. Norwich and Bristol. It was unbelievable. Bristol's an interesting accent. My, I think my Whoa. introduction to the Bristol accent was Ian Holloway. We <laughs> came up with QPR. So, don't they submit, don't they, eh? Like it's from proper, the farm. proper mate. It's got lush accent, isn't it? That's right, it is. 
it took me probably two years to really understand what they were saying to me because I had no idea what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Could not understand. How much, hey, Jimmy, in Bristol, City and Rovers, like what is the hate like there compared to other cities? Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. They despise each other. They shut the whole city center off when the game, when the matches are on because all the buses right. come into the middle. And it's, it's bad. It's, it's an absolute, for all the Derby matches that I've played in, right? I played in um, East Anglia. I played in the East Midlands, uh, played in Southampton. And the, but the Bristol Derby was the worst, worst by far. They hate each other. It's disgusting. My mate Nigel is a, is a Rovers fan, diehard from there, but his family's silly. Yeah, he's a gashead. That's his problem. I don't know, I don't know how it happened. Or maybe it's the other way around. He'll probably kill me if he listens Remember to this. years ago, we played Bristol Rovers, um, and they were playing out of Bath. Yeah, they played at uh, Twerton Park. What a shithole. Yeah. Was that just for a short period, or what, what no, was the they played there. That? They played in Bath for years. For yeah. years, they played there. Bath's a really nice place, but the pitch and the... The pitch was shit. Yeah. That's why they always used to sing. There's only one team in Bristol, because the gas used to play out in... Uh, yeah, Burton Park, yeah. and it was a shithole. I played at the original Bristol Rover ground. That was before they, the Memorial, where they played the rugby as well. Yeah, big old. That was a shithole too. Oh god, yeah, it needed to come down. Yeah, Dickio said a couple times. I think he did it on Sportsnet. Definitely did it on Fox. Whenever Burnley comes up, and he just talked about what a hell it was going up there to play, and that's when we realized how easy the Sportsnet feed was to. uh pirate and have online because all these people that were watching a three o'clock Burnley game would be tweeting uh, death threats to Dicchio because uh, they were watching the, the Sportsnet feed wherever they were uh, in Burnley, outside of Burnley. The only good thing is Burnley's only got about 60,000 people live there. So as bad as it can get, it can't be that bad. It just can't. The numbers aren't there. You can fend them off. It's not like pissing off Man U right. telling them to fuck off. They're all over you. Mm. <laughs> They're coming uh, at you from Africa and Asia and South America <laughs> and North America. <laughs> Good point. Sharms has said this many times that Arsenal fans are probably the group of at least Premier League fans that despise James Sharman the most. They're awful, yeah. Yeah, they hate me. You probably made one comment, uh, you know, saying oh, Vieira is not the best midfielder of all time, something like that. And it's stuck with all of them multiple generations down. It's Arsenal and it's also Italy and or Croatia. Oh, why Croatia? I England lost to them at some point in a Euro or something, and I made some comment about them diving and flopping. Man, can't be doing that. Didn't qualify. That I know ex- exactly what it was. Yeah, it was Steve McLaren. Yeah, that's right. It was the Wally and the Brawley. They missed 2008. Well, sounds like you deserved it. Yeah, I probably did. Croatia's always been a good football inside. I always like the way that they play. Small country as well. Hopefully not too well this, this World Cup. Yeah, come November they can slow it down. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to go to Croatia. I've got a cousin getting married there. I've, yeah, me too. Best beaches in the world, apparently. In the world? Mm-hmm. Well, up there anyway. Up there. We haven't been there. You don't, don't give me that look. You haven't been yeah. there. Well, Portugal's got some pretty bloody good beaches. Right. Uh, no, I'm not saying they're not. I've been to a fine beach in my life. I'm just saying that they, they're renowned for for their beaches, which is not known. Right? They're not known yeah. as for their beaches, but they should be because they're incredible. Croatia is beautiful. Ask Stasovic. He doesn't shut up about how beautiful it is. He's going to move there. He's got some property there that his family have owned for generations. I don't think. I don't think it's on the water, though. 
<laughs> He's two it's, hours it's, away from the water. It's kind of like two acres on the moon, really. <laughs> I bet you didn't get the same deal that I got. <laughs> I yeah. bet he did. Just, just the 600. Yeah. It was 1,200, but he can actually go to it. <laughs> You've got to add a line to your bio on Twitter, Jimmy. Intergalactic real estate mogul. I'm that, telling you. They did guys. very well on Twitter, by the way, The, uh, the when we played that clip. Yeah, it was funny. People are very interested. Well, I've got a telescope. I actually had a look at it the other day just to make sure nobody was on it. Was it your patch? <laughs> yeah, I looked at my, my two acres, man. And it's empty? I, make sure, I told you, if NASA lands on it, you watch the lawsuit that comes. <laughs> From York region. I think they have landed on it before. <laughs> No, they just missed it. I think they were about maybe eight miles from it. They're on your neighbor's, <laughs> your neighbor's lawn. I hope you got that in a clause, a landing tax that you get paid if they use. The fucking Joneses down the street, they landed on them. I got to keep an eye. You just never know. You never know who's going to go on. You probably on. bought it on the dark side. It's like minus 372. What is no, that? I was told it's really tropical where I am. Absolute zero. <laughs> the southern part. The southern part of the moon. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Seriously. In the sun, it's about... Uh, it's, thousand degrees yeah roger roger waters is a long way away i shipped up not joking right now palm tree seeds and they'll be ready for my great grandkids (laughs) (laughs) well this planet's going to shit so you may as well give it a whirl right well i uh i hope the listeners don't think this podcast is going to shit i brought up arsenal to transition to uh to that match arsenal won brighton two and we talked about the real estate properties in croatia that nick dazovich has and what jimmy's going to do with the moon landing for uh his great grandkids yeah. arsenal Ooh. their second straight loss they're still fifth but they're uh the three points back you lose the palace and you lose the brian within a week and, and you're fighting for fourth place i don't know what I can't make sense of this team at all. I thought they got it figured out. I thought Arteta had it figured out. I thought, you know, this young, dynamic, exciting team were about to Mm -hmm. establish themselves as a top four side. And then this happens. The old Arsenal comes out. I know they're missing Partey. They're missing Tierney. But come on. You must do better. Mm, I was uh, very surprised as well. Very surprised. But nobody seems to want to finish fourth. West Ham keep... You know, going, oh, well, we're still in this. <laughs> Those London teams might not, but I can tell you from watching Aston Villa nil, Tottenham four, they sure as hell want to. Spur, I tell you, Villa had done everything in that match but score. Spurs didn't do anything in that match but score. It was unbelievable. That first half <sighs> was probably the best first half that Villa played all season. Maybe in my lifetime, to be honest. Yeah, you, it was it was simply unbelievable. They played so well in that in that first half, and and the sun sun was the only, only thing that happened for Spurs. <laughs> Didn't Jimmy buy some property on the sun? No, it's too hot there, but oh, okay, it's too hot. No, but a hey, Arsenal. I'm telling you what they look. They lose to Liverpool, then they beat Villa, lost to Palace, lost to Brighton. They got Southampton next who just got absolutely pummeled by Chelsea. So they're Always embarrassed. Do. So they're not going to make it easy for Arsenal. They, they, they need a statement game now. And then they've got Chelsea and Man U after that. Tell you, Arsenal, they, they've got some big games coming up here. And they had a great mm-hmm. little spell too, where you just thought, okay, that's it. They've got the rhythm. They're gone. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to be in that Champions League position. But I don't know. Tell you what, the, the fans won't, won't be at ease right now. Arsenal were unplayable. They, they were yep. on a run that I thought they weren't going to fall off whatsoever. 
But I tell you, Spurs, man, we were talking about the front threes of Liverpool and Manchester City. You add Dan Kulisevsky to that front three of Son and Kane, and they can all kind of play everywhere up front. Obviously, Kane drops back. Sharms, you tweeted, is Kane the best all-around player no, in the most Premier complete. League? I said most complete. Right. Me, and most it's, complete. it's really interesting because I mean, Twitter went crazy over that. I think people mis- misunderstood what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's the best player or the best number nine even, but the most complete. You watch Harry Kane play. He hasn't got a weakness. He defends really well. He drops deep. He, he can win headers. There's very few better passes in the Premier League. He can finish, obviously. He's a complete, complete footballer. And I, I don't know who's more complete. I mean, I know people mentioned Benzema. Okay, maybe. I don't see enough Benzema. But obviously, he's pretty special. He's been but great. What, what does Kane do wrong at this point? I mean, terrible first half of the season. I get that. But now he's back in contention for player of the year, the way he's playing right now. Hasn't scored in the last two games, but has been by far the best player in the field. But when you're a player that's expected to score goals, doesn't that mean that people don't appreciate the other things you do well as much yeah. if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing and exactly. bagging 30 goals? He's not going to win the goal of the year award, the golden boot, excuse me. So I think there's a lot of people that don't can't see through that. And Jesus, there's a lot of people that don't sit through matches to watch the whole match and appreciate that. No, they're, they're, just, right. they're judged by their stats, right? The goals. Simple as that. But last year, he got the most goals and most assists and he didn't win player of the year. Something yeah. about him. I think, I think a lot of people don't see what, what Kane does off the ball as well. You know, you, you look at their last four games, they, 13 goals they've scored. And if you're a defender, who's the number one target that you're looking at? Kane. You're so worried about where he is on that pitch and what he can do. And a lot of times, Kane knows that. So his movement's just taking players out of position so that Sung can get in. All these other players can get in and capitalize mm-hmm. on those opportunities. But people just say, oh, because he's a striker, he's got to score all the goals. Well, sometimes it doesn't work like that. Sometimes he's got to play a different role. And at times, Kane does that. And this is why I think he struggled at England, right? He's why he struggled for England, and particularly in the Euros, why... There was all this expectation that you know he should just rescue them, but they're they're struggling to score. Why can't they just get it to game? Why can't he just score? But he's evolved his his game at Spurs, smart man, and because of the players around him. And I think that Conte knew this in their target for um, Kulusevski. I think that was part of it. Mm-hmm. And Kulusevski, when when Juve bought him from Kievo, that was a steal. I forget what they paid for him, but I thought you know he's going to have a hard. A lot of young players do, unless they're Italian at Juventus to earn his minutes and earn a place. Um, I think it's a twenty-nine million pound um, buyout that Spurs are on the hook for if they do it this year, and they should do it now because I think that Kulusevski would talk about who would be the player, the acquisition to keep Conte. I think Kulusevski might be that guy. He might be, yeah. I mean, listen, right at this point, the top four and uh, the best of the rest. It's pretty simple. I mean, back to Harry Kane. You look at England right now. They're deep in every position except that position. He's the most important player in that team. If he goes out, who's replacing Harry Kane? There's no one that does what he does. Did you see he was at the Masters? He flew out to the Masters today. Kane, did he? Yeah, he was seen, he's seen out there. So he must have got permission from his gaffer. I'm assuming there. When's the next game? It must be not until next week, right? It's got time. You, Conte strikes me as the type of manager that would have Googled that. Kane says, I want to go to America. See you, Masters. <laughs> and Conte says, what? Who's a master? That's what you write a letter for a child. Eh? When they're a child, <laughs> right? A man is a mister. The child is a master. 
<laughs> I think if you're Antonio Conte, you're saying, Harry, do whatever you want to do. Whatever you're doing right now is working for you. Get out there. Yeah. You know, what a, another but great Steve performance. Gerard must be, Steven Gerrard must be thinking, what the fuck? They hammered him. Villa were great. Villa were great, though. In the first half. In the first yeah, half, they sure, were amazing. Sure. Okay. In the second half, they, they just they just couldn't compete. Nine, 19 shots to 11. Yeah. Percentage, uh, possession too, right? <laughs> Tottenham scored four goals on five shots on net. Yeah. Villa, none on eight shots on net. See these rumors about Carlos Tevez going to Spurs? Hear that? No. Tevez apparently is talking to Spurs. He hasn't played since 2021, both yeah. juniors. And he's got a connection, obviously, with uh, with Conte. That'd be interesting. Mm. But if you're Kane, I mean, last year almost went to City. Okay, so this offseason, right, say he wants to move. He's not going to City unless – if they don't get Haaland, maybe they revisit Kane. Fair enough. United was a big rumor. Well, United's not going to finish top four. There's no point going there if Spurs finish top four. Outside of them, you're not going to Chelsea, I don't think. You're not going to Liverpool. You may as well stay where you are. Right? If, if Spurs finish top four, I think that solidifies their their Kane chase and the E stays there. It's huge, that top four for Spurs, more than most teams. Do you think you might want to go abroad? Yeah, it's a good question. I wonder. Does he seem that kind of guy to you, Jimmy? Uh, Went to the Masters. <laughs> I, I would love to go into the Masters. Um, I could see him going to Real or somewhere like that. But they're getting Mbappe, right? You assume. Or a few I mean, years ago, I could have seen it. A couple of years ago, if they had the money right, I think Real would have done that in a heartbeat. It seems he's the third prize, doesn't it? This this summer, you got Mbappe, you got Haaland, and then if you don't get him or him, you go for Kane. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think so. Jesse Marsh is doing okay, huh? That's good to see. Watford nil, Leeds three. Yeah, good to see him doing well. Because you know why that's that's good for our part of the world as well. Mm-hmm. You know that over there he, he's doing well, succeeding in the Premier League. Looks good for our coaches. And ten points and ten points out of twelve, right? Yeah, I agree with you. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. So change the perception of uh, American North American coaches. I say this yeah. all the time. Uh, we used to do, Sharms and I used to do the show on Sirius, which was a largely American audience. And, you know, at the time, the, the U.S. were contending with Mexico, the top of CONCACAF, and they were qualifying for World Cups. And uh, we always got American players on. And, and uh, you know, I always felt as though the more success that the national team had, the bigger it was. And, the, you know, the, the there was a trickle effect for soccer in this country. And because if they're clocking 10 mil... Uh, for viewership at a, in a World Cup match, and they're able to attract the sponsors that they do and the millions that they do, then our television executives think about soccer differently. So when they didn't qualify for 2018, I was pissed. I went to work one night, and there was a soccer fan who calls himself a soccer fan. He was a soccer fan, one of these loser producers, and he was <laughs> celebrating. He was celebrating the states not qualifying. And I said, you're a fucking idiot. You work in this business, and you can celebrate that? Yeah, fuck the states. It's, it's, it's great. And it at this point, Canada was nowhere near it. It wasn't a, a rivalry thing. It was just the stubbornness. And I thought for someone who works in the industry and doesn't see how their success brings the sport forward on the continent, and there is more, considerably more synergy than we want to believe sometimes, 
I, I just didn't understand it. Speaking of this side of the world, let's talk about the <laughs> MLS. God, those goals from TFC were outstanding. Two homegrown kids. We talked about Canadians and the development and how much, you know, TFC and, and both uh, the other Canadian clubs as well have grown into really fostering and developing some talent. For those two kids uh, to score the way that they did there, and Kosey Thompson to score his first, and then for Jaden Nelson to score from, what, 70 yards out? Uh, that was an incredible point to take away from uh, RSL at altitude, a place that they've struggled to historically get points in the past. It was good to see. It was a great performance. I'm enjoying watching the young Canadians. Yeah. Get, get an opportunity to play. And it was 10. And you're right, though. It, it's When you go to Salt Lake and you're playing on that altitude, it's a nightmare. It is a nightmare. You can feel it. So to go there and and pick up a point, phew, what more do you want? How many Canadians did you say, Denny? Ten. Bob Bradley used ten Canadians in that match. Yeah. It's amazing. Obviously, this team is still finding its feet, and it's going to change a lot towards the middle of the season and towards the end of the season. But I, I really love you know how much time McNaughton and Chung have got. Uh, we expected to see more of Jaquil Marshall Ruddy this season, and we'll still see more of him, I think. Um, I'm glad to see Jaden Nelson getting an opportunity as well. It's too bad that the Nelson didn't get to really fully absorb and appreciate and celebrate like he should have done because that stupid VAR, you know, yeah. delaying proceedings, you know, and it took so long. I thought, I thought Stevie, Caldwell, Luke, Warman, that they, they kind of nailed it on the broadcast. They're saying, this is ridiculous. You know, it, it wasn't a foul. Mm-hmm. He got the ball. Yeah, and meanwhile, you know, there's Nelson waiting for this amazing moment in his career and he's waiting for the goddamn computer to say something piss off annoys me it's not a computer well sorry they're using computers <laughs> <laughs> it's a human being perhaps so we hear but hey prove it craig maybe it's not maybe it's a robot up there i don't computer know computer says no no computer says no <laughs> andy andy that's a good impression even i got the reference <laughs> What was this? There? Scores on the doors, George doors. The what? dub from above. What show was that? It wasn't Little Britain. No, but it was, uh, it was Vic Reeves. Vic Reeves. That, that's right. <laughs> hey, I saw Matt Lucas on a plane once. Little Britain. Just say Sitting hi. there by the window. I didn't say anything, even though I'm a Why? big fan. Almost gone for an interview, though, actually, on our podcast uh, before Euro last year. Um, on Twitter, I reached out to him. He reached back to me. He goes, yeah, I'd love to talk to my agent. And then his agent said he's too busy, which is fair enough. He was busy. Yeah. But, I've got that from Russell Brand's management team for the last yeah. 12 years. <laughs> uh, but great. now that he's off the rails and he's like, you know, looking at the world from an alternative perspective, maybe, uh, maybe I should try again. I think he was, I think he was always off the rails, B, wasn't he? He was always off the rails, but I bet you because of how his career has gone now and his uh, opinions and his the points that he makes on the internet, I bet you he doesn't have the same management team. So mm, maybe, maybe I should find the, the new person. Jeff at gmail.com represents <laughs> Russell Brand. Same guy that represents us. <laughs> uh, Montreal won uh, away at uh, Red Bull 2-1. It's pretty impressive. The Whitecaps won as well. Oh, excuse me, they lost 3-2 at home to Portland. Uh, Ike Ugbo scored for Trois. I had no idea he was there. And they were playing Monaco. Uh, and he scored. So He moved in January, right? He made interesting player to track. Yeah, his five or six appearances I'd seen there. John David went uh, another another... Match without scoring. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He's in a bit of a drought right now, his old John. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, did anybody see Pacific FC's jersey? Actually, it looks quite cool. I like it. What is it? Well, explain. Indigenous art, is it? Yeah. Big good tattoo. It's a black and white alternate kit. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. Did you have a, a tribal or a traditional no, I had tattoo? A Celtic, like I had a Celtic band many years ago, but then I got it I got it fixed, and now it's a big old half-armor, half-sleeve jobby. Yeah, it wasn't uh, indigenous. Oh, okay. I've got like a Maori sun on my back. Jimmy's got some kind of ring or something on his sh- shoulder. I have Celtic designs on one mm-hmm. of my arms. I got them all over myself. When we, when we finally uh, settle on a footy prime logo, maybe we'll get some ink. No, no, I don't, I don't think I'd get a footy prime no, tattoo. No. <laughs> Not for most things, but... <laughs> like you want us all to have the same tattoo? No, it'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? Okay, no. I've got no ink. Char- uh, Force, do you? Do you have tattoos? No, I like them, but I don't know if I like them long term. Same. That's you how get I've used to them. It's like anything. It's like a mole. You just get used to it. I don't care. Like fashion comes back in again. You know, you like yeah. it, and then you're like, eh, I'm not sure. And then a few years down the line, oh, I like it again. Yeah, like the Bob Wire one. Remember that? Yeah, the Bob Wire. That's right. See, I, I think I guys tortured themselves getting that removed. It's so, uh, yeah. Under Mine wasn't Bob Wire. It's the Celtic ring around my arm, the bicep. And underneath it just kills. Yeah, just, it it's not pleasant, man. It's not nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I my one now, it's like full. Oh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a fun three hours. You like that barbed wire one only because Pamela Anderson had it, didn't she? Remember the show Barbed Wire that she was in? It was a movie, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Was it a movie, was it? I think it was a movie. Yeah. Is that the one with uh, Tommy Lee? No, I, I saw that one. <laughs> 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 Fucking well played. <laughs> Was it, wasn't that called Bringing the Hammer or something? I can't remember what that movie was <laughs> Yeah, called. something like that. Taking the Hammer. <laughs> Isn't that the name of a podcast that uh, you're frequently on? Isn't that a West Ham supporters <laughs> podcast? <laughs> Taking the Hammer. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I'll see if it's on Netflix. Oh, or is that Talking the Hammer? Oh, it might be Talking. Uh, yeah. Champions League this week. Bayern hosts Villarreal uh, down 1-0. That's on Tuesday. Real Madrid, they've got Chelsea uh, at the Bernabeu up 3-1. to one. God, I don't know what Chelsea is going to turn up for that match. Your Europa League on Thursday. Thanks, Greg. Yes. Was it 0-0 with Lyon? I forget how it finished Thursday. 1-1. One, one. It was 1-1, one, one, excuse me. Yeah, okay. West Ham had a match set off. It wasn't, they didn't play well. I tell you what, though. Lyon plays some really nice football. Yeah, they, they do. They really do. I was really impressed. Really impressed. They always replenish. And Dombele was great mm. in what I saw from that match. But the referees got skewered for that sending off. It's Cresswell, wasn't it? I had mm. it on for a minute and then I, I listened to the reaction to it afterwards. So that's Thursday then. Good. Wednesday, Man City visit to Atletico up 1-0. And Liverpool host Benfica up 3-1. So that'll be done and dusted early charms. You can get your celebratory tweets and hatred and... Uh, Mean texts in early, buddy. You can just set them in the drafts folder and you can just <laughs> ping them at kickoff. So it'll apply. I also really liked watching Friday night. The um, the women get their flowers and the women's team out in Vancouver. They're in uh, Victoria on Monday. So if you're listening to this and you've still got a chance to get out there and uh, and catch them and support, uh, do so because um, they put on a, a really good show and I was really glad to see um, the show that they put on for that Hall of Fame class and for Christine Sinclair to finally be able to celebrate uh, her 185th international goal. 
I was in Texas covering that for Sportsnet. That was my last work trip, Charms. And uh, really, eh? you can well. you can tell you know that the whole team wanted that to happen immediately. Yeah. She, I think she had two chances on that. That was Olympic qualifying tournament, and they wanted it in the first twenty minutes. And they were playing St. Kitts and Nevis. It all felt like it was going to come, but you know that didn't take away from from the celebration of what it meant to everyone. So I'm glad that at least some fans and she got to celebrate that in her home province. Also, Steph Labay getting that standing ovation as well on the 46th. That's nice to yep. see. Very no, special. Great. great to see. They deserve it. And uh, one other thing from that match, um, watching Bev Priestin is using these as a tune-up for World Cup qualification now. Janine Becky is so good on the wing. She's off to Portland, right? She's off to Portland now. And I, I tell yeah. you, those crosses that going in for Christine Sinclair, if, if you're watching the Portland Thorns and any of those fans that would have been watching that game, God, they'll be excited about them mm-hmm. linking up together because her crosses were excellent. Great player. Yeah, good point. We literally covered yeah. everything from bristle accents to every result in the Premier League. I don't think we missed one other than Newcastle 1, Wolves nil. You must keep that in the cup, by the way, the Bristol we because I, I just tested my mate, Nigel. And told him that we, we gave Bristol some love and I, I, I name dropped him. So you, you can't cut that out, okay? I won't cut that out. I mentioned my friends in the show. I can't cut out your friend mentions. Right. Yeah. Well, it's maybe the celebrity head? names. He's a big fan of Jimmy. Not much. You played for City or was it Rovers? I always forget. City, man. Okay, so Nigel's a City fan. Oh, so he's a good guy then. Yeah, he is. Yeah, no, he's, he's a big fan of yours. Yeah. Well, fucking I was hammering him 20 minutes ago. No, he's probably Calling just him a gas head weeping rotten. right now. Yeah. He was taking the hammer. Apology accepted, Jimmy. <laughs> On behalf of all of your buddy. <laughs> yeah. Good. All right. Well, buds, uh, I enjoy doing this, and I hope uh, all of you out there enjoy listening. And we'll be back midweek with something new at some point because we're footy prime and we're almost daily. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.